if you could say a little more about uh, the way magic figures in. We've said a little bit about animism, uh, but I know that you also work specifically with the idea of, of magic. And that seems to be one of those things that's like, well, what exactly are we saying? What are the practices here? And definitely, you know, where I'm at in California, it's very close to like new age spirituality and that kind of stuff. So I wonder how that figures into your work. Yeah, magic. So I, I convened with some colleagues at Cambridge, a project called Magic and Ecology, which is where we brought together practitioners of magic. Um, so contemporary practitioners and scholars and what united both of these uh, groups were was the um, interest in magic as a technique for paying attention to matter that we don't normally think matters, I guess. Right. Um, so in terms of like what magic is and how we think about we thought about it in the project and how I'm working at it is in the easiest way to say is that magic is a practice of attention. But that comes from an assumption that magic is about perception and listening. Um, and this really comes from a the recent shift in scholarship towards magic, which has been to pay more attention to how it actually functions in both um, traditions where it's still practiced, but also in like pre-modern uh, Europe, where magic was defined very much as the ability to influence the world through making alliances with spiritual creatures. And in order to make those alliances, you had to be really attentive <laughs> to your surroundings because these are invisible beings. I mean, they sometimes make physical manifestations, but usually it's like you have to go out into nature to, to see the sign that the God that you contacted yesterday was supposed to send you, right? I mean, this is attentiveness to place, essentially. It's ecological thinking. And, it, and it, uh, you know, sleeping out in a cave in ancient Greece to like have a, a dream oracle, again, it's, it's attentiveness to place, right? Um, whether or not you think as a kind of modern audience, like, oh, well, that was just sort of, you know, suggestion. That's not really the point. Like mm -hmm. what they were doing was so conducive to being attentive to where you are. Um, and we see this a lot also in Plato's dialogues. Uh, so, so we were interested in that kind of sense of magic as communication as something really quite sociable with a more than human environment, an environment that was conceived as being um, able to not just receive human attention, but also like elicit and solicit human attentiveness. So Abram's point about magic, which is also one that we took on board, and obviously we he was a huge inspiration, and we interviewed him as well for the project, uh, is that um, the when a person moves to the environment, they give their attention, but they're also arrested by by that attention. Um, and so, yeah, magic as communication and as, an, as a tool for communicating more skillfully with that environment. And this is something which both scholars of historical magic and those studying magic in traditional societies have been emphasizing a lot recently is that there, I mean, this comes from like material studies of magic and how there's so much interaction with the world and, and, and with matter. Um, so that's kind of how we th were thinking about magic. And, and we were also noting that it was used a lot by contemporary theorists as a, a critical concept, really, to um, understand environmental practice and ethics, which we thought was really 
really cool, basically. So Timothy Morton has this dialogue with witchcraft and uses magic. Isabel Stengers, translator into French of both David Abram and Starhawk, um, writes about magic. And Jane Bennett also writes about magic. So, and they're quite significant voices, you know, all kind of appealing to this practice. And of course, um, David Abram. So yeah, that was that was our starting point. Nice. That's yeah. When you list all those people, it's like it didn't never really dawned <laughs> on me. I'm like, yeah, this is a really big kind of turn toward magic. Like all the the, the greatest minds thinking of, of ecological issues are like, well, you got to do some witchcraft at some point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like introducing uh, you know Starhawk and and her work to students because. Go oh, yeah, she's a neo pagan witch, and just kind of look at everybody's face like, hmm, are we supposed to take this seriously? And because people have this tendency to be very dismissive toward magic and witchcraft, sorcery, and those kinds of yeah. things, and and to be like, no, this is very serious. I like the definition as communication, especially. I wonder, what, do magic spells then kind of figure into like when people think of magic, they often think of casting spells. Mm. Would that be a good example of that kind of magic as communication? Yeah, and Starhawk is someone who emphasised in her um, classic book on a dreaming, dreaming the dark. Is it? Well, yeah, dreaming the dark, right. magic sets and politics from the eighties. Yeah, she she emphasises that magic is language, and she also talks of it as attention. Attention is a word that comes up a lot in all of the the thinkers that I just mentioned. Um, so yeah, it's communication, it's language, it's it's another it's another kind of language. Um, and of course, spells are often, you know, pronounced in human language. So that's pretty obvious, right? Um, but there's more to a spell than just saying the words. It's actually saying them with an intent that you are trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between what in magic is often talked about. Oh, is that ritual? Did it work or not? Is it empty? Was there something there? Was there like juice in it? It's basically, was it communicating? Uh, in the same way that, you know, you can say words to a classroom without really meaning them and then you don't really get a response. It's yeah. the same kind of, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess prayer would figure in there as well. Like if, well, yeah. if you don't have the intention, it's not going to do anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm so fascinated by spiritual exercises and that literature, that genre of literature in the Western tradition, because I think it's a, a, a really overlooked source for those technologies of attentiveness. And there, when you're praying to God, you're essentially being told that you should be listening out for the smallest sign in your environment, right? Mm -hmm. And you may hear the voice of God, but it's very unclear like what that actually means and how that's experienced. And I think mostly it's, it's a sort of, heightening of the senses to what surrounds you until you get to the point where the smallest change alerts you right and which again is is just ecological thinking right right yeah I